0: I'm Justin Liu, and you're listening to Behind the Creators, a podcast featuring the stories and perspectives of creators today. As a team looking to build a product in the creator space, we're using this podcast as a way to see things through the eyes of podcast hosts, TikTok stars, Twitch streamers, you name it, to gain a deeper understanding for some of the challenges and considerations that they face behind the scenes. Our guest today is Danny Johnson. She and her friend Drea are the hosts of Spin the Bottle, a podcast where Danny and Drea talk about just about everything. What's going on in life, the news, pop culture, as they put it, exploring what this adult thing is about and just having a good time while doing so. They started the podcast together in 2016 and have been going strong since. Now their audience includes thousands of listeners who tune into each episode. In this conversation with Danny, we delve into the origins of Spin the Bottle, new ways they're thinking of expanding their podcast into a true business and the challenges they're facing their ability to grow their audience and monetize as smaller podcast creators. Enjoy. So I would love to to hear a little bit about your background and in particular how you initially were able to get into podcasting in the first place and what were the origins uh, of the Spin the Bottle podcast.
1: I have a very good friend who we both work day jobs. We live in LA And so, as you know, LA has a lot of it's very entertainment, especially the area we live in, very entertainment heavy. So, most of our friends are like producers, singers, dancers. We both have day jobs. I work at Bank of America. (laughs) She uh, works at a nonprofit. And so, we all of our friends are kind of in the industry and we were looking for an outlet. It was just literally we were at a restaurant and we're like, we should do a podcast. We were kind of a, the NPR's persuasion. We were listening to podcasts at the time, like talking about ones we liked. We noticed that there weren't a lot of podcasts with women of color or people of color. So wanted to, you know, hear more of that. And through not seeing or hearing those things, we were like, let's just start one. And that's literally how it started. It was kind of impromptu. We took about six months to kind of start building out our ideas. And we did have a friend who actually is a producer and she helped us really get the idea together and helped us with kind of the inception of the show. And then we just started recording shows and and put them out there. But this was back in like 2016. So people weren't really podcasting a ton yet. We, a lot of our friends, we were like the first podcast that they subscribed to or really listened to. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. We just, we just did it. We didn't see what we wanted to see. And we thought, okay, let's give it a try.
0: The way that you're running the podcast now, the topics that you're you're talking about and the the guests that you have on all of that, um, how did you actually make the decision and what did that process look like to figure out, hey, this is what we want our podcast to be?
1: What we knew was that we wanted to speak to a certain art demographic, and that was basically People like us, so really, we uh, didn't want to position ourselves as subject matter experts. We wanted it to feel conversational. We wanted it to feel communal, and we didn't want to limit ourselves to one topic. Which is how spin the bottle, like, kind of came up because the way our show is formatted, we have spins, and that really opens you up to kind of be able to talk about <laughs> anything. We didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves, so we thought about that at the front end. We knew we were probably going to be talking to. know, people in our age range. And so we kind of curated it around what we wanted to hear, the things that were important to us, the topics that we discuss. We wanted people to feel like if you come into, if you listen to our podcast, you're coming into the living room and you're just a part of our conversation. And so we tailored the show around that. And so we very purposely didn't pigeonhole ourselves. So we talk about history, pop culture, we cover kind of the gamut, um, from our perspective. And that was a really big part of how we got to spit in the bottle was literally to give us the creative freedom to kind of talk about whatever we wanted to talk about.
0: Totally. Yeah. And what does that creative process look like behind the scenes today? You're a few years in, uh, and you've produced many, many episodes. Um, I'm yeah. sure there's still a huge element of like brainstorming. Okay. What is the next kind of topic that we want to do or.
1: So we have um, administrative meetings, basically, and then we have creative meetings. The admin stuff covers like the business stuff of our podcast. And then the creative meetings are where we brainstorm. And so that could be things that we pull from pop culture, things that we want to talk about. We again, we've covered all kinds of things. So it really is more so where we're at. We generally will try to set some version of a theme for the year or for our season, and then kind of work our content into it. Obviously, last year was completely different because of uh, quarantine and where we were thought we were going. But we'll generally have like one theme, and, and then try to brand that as the through line for all of our episodes. And then with to keep it nice and light or have some levity. we'll that's the spinning and the format of our show. So it's like we get to talk about the heavy stuff if we need to. And then we have the spinning of the bottle, which is like pop culture or funny things. So we want it to be a fun listen, we don't want people to feel too <laughs> weighed down. But yeah, we definitely have meetings and we produce our shows we we write scripts. So those are ahead of time every recording session we have some version of a script we are at the point now where where we're strong enough in our rapport as partners that we don't we'll build a skeleton of a script and then kind of go offline and surprise each other. But they're they're yeah we have scripts for every show we have a theme for every show we have spins already picked for every show so we know exactly what we're doing when when we're recording.
0: Amazing, yeah. Clearly, yeah. so you guys yeah. are our are, are at this. You that. figured out a. Out of the. Yeah. What
1: what
0: you. You're the most organized so far in how you. Do yeah.
1: Podcasts, huh? We have an air table. We have a production schedule. We know yeah. our air dates or a recording date. We have our there scripts. We have it all together. So by the time yeah. we get there. We- And we're generally, we try to record in batches. So sometimes we'll do two or three shows and two or three spins ahead of time so that we're ahead of the curve with getting our content out regularly. Again, haven't been so great with that in 2020, but um, that's generally our format. But we have a very kind of set production schedule that we adhere to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that something you've always kind of did from the start or like over the last four years of building this? Over time.
1: Over time, yeah. yeah. You know, when you're writing a script or you're trying to do a show, a day or two before and you don't know exactly what you're going to say or how it's going to go, the content, just isn't as good. Um, so we found that the shows that were more popular are the ones that are obviously a little more polished, a little more prepared. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's been probably, we always had scripts, but I think the way we have it formatted now has probably been two and a half, three years that we and we're both again, we work to hate jobs. we're yeah. type A in certain ways. so it helps us to kind of to kind of be more organized to, to do it that way.
0: now that you you know you've you've built I think a, a pretty impressive following as far as you know like like Rob said like you're you, you're the most organized uh, folks that we've been able to talk to so far. Um, you're super <laughs> experienced and you built like you recorded so many different podcast episodes. I'm curious how are you guys thinking about? Uh, just like the future of the podcast, whether that's, hey, we're just going to kind of continue doing what we're doing, or are you looking to, to build this into potentially even something bigger at all?
1: Yeah. So initially it was more of a hobby and kind of a creative type thing. Um, We haven't been super pressed about building a huge audience. We weren't necessarily going into it thinking like we're going to trend on iTunes or, you know what I mean? We just wanted to have a creative outlet, but we really do love it. Um, so we definitely have started thinking about different ways to now monetize the podcast. A couple of years ago, we actually hosted a live show and um, we sold tickets and that actually did pretty well. So like we started thinking of different kind of ways to kind of monetize our podcast that way. Again, in a post-COVID world, yes, we would love to to get back to that. And then it's also surprisingly in different ways opened up other opportunities for us where we can consult on helping people launch their podcasts, help with production, help people kind of bring structure. We recently started teaching at LA City College and West LA College, so we teach a podcasting <laughs> class on like how to launch a podcast, things you want to think about. So it's taken some different routes that we didn't necessarily anticipate, but yeah, we definitely are thinking about growing and and moving and and kind of what that looks like. But that's again a newer Initially, it was like very much a hobby, and now we're like, okay, maybe let's, you know, see about going into a different direction. So yeah, as of recent, yeah. that's been on my mind.
0: Totally. That that's super. It sounds super exciting um, at the very least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it that's makes and, it makes sense. You guys have built uh, the the beginnings, I think, of a, a pretty impressive platform, and and it's it's really interesting to hear that like that's kind of been uh, something that's opened a ton of doors for you too. Um, so super interesting to hear about, um, I guess like, you know, over, over the past few years, I'm curious what have been like the biggest challenges that you have either previously faced or actually, uh, you know, continue to face today as far as anything with regards to like producing your podcast, everything from brainstorming, scheduling to recording and producing to distributing to promoting like (laughs) the whole gamut. What are the really like big challenges that you, that like come top of mind for you?
1: So I think right off the top is properly promoting our podcast. Our, our creative process is pretty much down. Like we have that down and we produce really good content. We feel like we produce really good content. Our stuff sounds good. We have an engineer. Like there are definitely things where it's like, we like the way our shows are. We're happy with that part of things. And we have our rapport pretty much as, as co-hosts down. The biggest thing for us, we're both introverts, um, We don't love publicity. Same. Um, I'm never on social media. I hate social media. I hate feeling like I'm pandering to people. So it's like we have all this awesome content. And so our struggle has been like, how do we tell more people about it without like getting into what feels to us like a disingenuine grind or like trying to sell. That's that's our thing. So growing our social media presence, advertising, monetizing, like that's more of our... Struggle because it's not innate to who you know. We're we're kind of we're chill. <laughs> you know what I mean. And it's just like I'm not on social media in my personal life. So they're like, oh, you have to post, and you should post two, three times a day, and there are apparently algorithms, and there's all kinds of things. And I'm just like, eh. you know, neither of us love that side of it. So I think if anything, it hasn't been. We probably could be doing far better than we are just by <laughs> being more vocal, maybe in that way, or really like. Pushing it, but I we he had never wanted it to feel that way. So that's our biggest that's our biggest challenge. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, like in trying to grow your audience and grow the podcast as a whole, like what have really been your go to ways to do that? Are there are there like tricks of the trade that you've learned? Mostly word of mouth.
1: Our listeners are like our friends, and then people who told their friends do you know what I mean and us Mm -hmm. again like trying to pay what I will say is consistency is huge with podcasting like if you have to you have to produce content consistently and it's hard because some people you know depending on the way listeners listen to actual podcasts that sometimes people will not necessarily listen every week they'll listen or they'll start to listen and so you have to really make your presence (laughs) felt and be producing new ways of content. And so there were different thoughts and different strategies that we've come up with recently around how to like re-engage our listeners and make sure that we're reaching out to them and that kind of kid and caboodle. But yeah, all in all, it's interesting to try to go from making something just a hobby that's for fun to like, okay, we're going to monetize this and make this a little more of a business. So that's it. I don't know. This it's an interesting kind of dichotomy for us. But I would say, yeah, I consistency is huge. We know a lot of people who've started podcasts, and a lot of people think, oh, I'll just do a podcast like it's something very easy. And it's it's not that it's hard, but you have to be committed. You have to be consistent. You gotta know your brand, and then you gotta produce good content that hopefully people want to listen to again. You know, get totally. them to subscribe, get them to engage. So um all of that we've kind of been perfecting over time there are times where we've fallen off for sure with our episodes and then we have friends reach out and go hey (laughs) well people go where's your show so it's like oh people are still listening that's great um getting your metrics together and figuring out who's listening and from where and you know all of that is I think a part of just you know making it a brand and, and being consistent
0: how have you been, or like what approaches or platforms or tools have been, you've been using to try to engage your listeners, to try to get people who have listened in the past to come back and, you know, continue to listen over time.
1: So um, like, we, again, this was a while back, but we did a live show. We have been working on collecting emails and like, we were going to do like kind of a newsletter, like reach out where we're actively reaching out and doing little fun things. We have considered joining patreon i don't know if you guys have heard of that but joining that and then doing like extra extra bonus material for our listeners merchandise like different ways to kind of like you can listen to our podcast on itunes we're on itunes spotify um soundcloud we're all in all the major places but um doing extra kind of behind the scenes stuff with patreon where you maybe get different content or different kind of things i would say those are the major ones to really try to like Grow it is really just for re engaging, sending those emails, reaching out, making a proactive approach to people that we do know listen just to let them know, hey, we're still here, <laughs> we're doing our thing, and getting them to engage. But we, we like I said, we're really based on word of mouth. Like a lot of our listeners are just, oh, my friend, I listened to this, I sent to my friend, we love your show, we subscribe.
0: One thing I'm curious about is just for podcast hosts in general, it seems like, you know, if Patreon is potentially like a a solid way to monetize your content better. (laughs) I guess the question is like, why isn't everybody doing it? And part of me is really wondering like how much extra effort is it to now produce like premium content or like special things? Yeah. I would imagine it's it's, it's tough, right?
1: Mm -hmm. And for us, it's like, if you're charging people now, you know, for us, there's a certain quality that needs to be there. What's going to make somebody want to pay $5, $10, whatever the amount is a month Um, we're paying a million dollars now for apps. Everybody has apps for everything. (laughs) You're paying for Netflix, you're paying for... It's just like another thing where it's a consideration that, okay, you need to have a quality of content or what is going to be so different about what you don't hear on iTunes that Patreon is going to make us this money. So that's actually the question we've been having. And our thought has been maybe we educate there. Maybe we go more that, right? Where it's like, oh, you want to do a podcast. Let us teach you how to do a podcast. Maybe it's not spin the bottle centric, right? It's more... Um, helping people learn to do it themselves. So those are all questions that we're playing with. (laughs) I think good ones. We, like I said, unbeknownst to us, it's like people said, hey, you have this podcast. This sounds great. I'll pay you to consult. Like, can you tell us how? Oh, I guess there's money that way in that. Okay, we could do that. We're teaching a class at a community college. Perhaps that's the venue. We're, We're working through that. But I think that's a very good question to ask because there's not like a ton of money in podcasting and even with the advertising it's like you got to get to a certain place and then you're advertising products and we don't mind necessarily having sp- sponsors but we don't want to sponsor stuff that we wouldn't buy or we don't <laughs> believe, you know what I mean we don't believe in like not for nothing but that's just kind of our thing where it's like we're not just going to say hey like buy this mattress <laughs> you know what I mean or what, like it is. it's just not our way so we're trying to figure that out <laughs>
0: totally totally yeah i think this is this is a really interesting problem i think that many podcasters i'm sure who are like similar to you who have grown their platform in a way but are still like still in the process of growing even further are trying to figure out like hey how can i monetize the best and it seems like there there isn't a a super clear way so far like it seems like you know the 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 biggest ones the biggest podcasts like okay sure like you can you can have sponsors and you'll probably get paid a ton because you have like millions of listeners but Mm -hmm. if you're smaller than that like sometimes it just doesn't work out as easily um so yeah it's an interesting thing to hear about that is Um, the conundrum (laughs) yeah Yeah. um and i i guess i'm i'm curious too like to what extent do you like in terms of the, the engagement aspects with your listeners um i'm curious like to what extent do you get either like qualitative feedback from them or just some sort of like reaction to like the the episodes and the contents that you post um and to what extent i guess are people able to actually you know engage in discussions about uh about the content you post i'm curious basically uh whether you can you have a channel to be able to get that pulse on how your listeners are feeling about the the conversations that you're having
1: so other than the metrics that we have that we can see based on downloads and things um And a lot of that will tell you, okay, you have these people listening in LA, these people listening in Chicago, they're this amount old, or, you know, they're this many females. Other than like understanding your target audience, we have an email. So people will actually write into our email at times, comment on episodes. We always write back. We always engage with them. And then social media, like when you're posting, a lot of the engagement kind of happens with your fans there. We make sure that we write back to them um there but other than that it's not a ton now we do we will bring um guests on and our guests generally tend to be people who who are kind of influencers or people we know but like locally if that makes sense so engaging with them and then using them to promote usually gets us listeners so like and and one of our focuses has been also trying to partner with other podcasts and do the cross like, oh, hey, do you want to be on our show or do you want to, we'd love to come and, you know, visit yours and then promoting people that way to get more listeners. But really mostly is social media and email at this point.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Have there been yeah. any like particular out of email, the uh, social media platforms like Instagram or, or or Twitter and things like that? Like, have there been any that have been particularly helpful at all or like stand out at all as like a the platform to, to go to for these types of things?
1: Everybody is telling us it's Instagram, like or it's social media. Mm-hmm. Um, again, which is back to the like, you gotta be more active on social media. I mean, we literally have had fans write to our hello at DD Spin the Bottle email, but I think for the way engagement is headed, it's it's probably social media. Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. And like I said, not necessarily intuitive to the both of us and my partner she's brilliant at like branding and all of that stuff she's done a really great job with that but like the consistency that's required you know there's just instagram it's a, it's a whole different animal so that's what we've been told we're, we're kind of og with the with the <laughs> with the email but that works but yeah i would say also our followers are all over so definitely social media instagram particularly totally we've, we were yeah. on facebook as well we get less engagement there much less engagement Super um, interesting. Even though the same, yeah, our posts, our content is exactly the same. It'll go Facebook and Instagram, but Instagram is really the place where under your post they want to comment and then you can reach out or we, we'll get a direct message
0: or yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm curious, why do you think that is actually, I'm, like, I guess the difference between a Facebook and an Instagram where you might get more engagement on Instagram, for example, and a little less on Facebook. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts as to why.
1: I don't know. My thought is like the face of Facebook has kind of changed or like, you know, I think Facebook is kind of seen as like the place where older people are now. <laughs> like, my mom's on Facebook making comments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a different kind of animal, I think. And even Instagram, I'm sure it's going to morph into something different. But yeah, it's like we have, we'll have the same followers that'll follow us on Facebook and Instagram, but they're replying on Instagram.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, like to what extent is... Engagement and like talking with your viewers and, and things like that um, actually is something that's a priority or something that's top of mind for you as you're thinking about ways to grow your podcast and you know continue forward into the future.
1: I would say it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Listen, our our biggest thing is that even like the branding of things, it's like everything has to feel genuine to us. So we're doing it for our listeners. We want our we want it to feel like a community, we want it to feel like you come here and you're with a friend, right? So it is important <laughs> that we engage with our listeners. A lot of our listeners, like I said, are our friends. So that's cool. But also it, it is definitely top of mind. And as we're thinking about trying to grow, we know, we know that, that that has to kind of increase itself. It's got to up itself. We have to promote our episodes a little more differently. We have to have more of a plan on that front because we'll hear that people like it, but... um yeah, there has to be something in place to kind of like purposely and, and very deliberately engage with our listeners in a different way. So I would say, yes, that's, that's among the priorities. Yeah. What we're not interested in doing is like anything that is, we won't, there's limits to what we'll do to engage with people. And I guess what I mean by that is like, we're not going to sell flat tummy teeth, right? Like we're not doing that to like get more listeners, but the listeners we have, we want to engage with. We want to, have kind of a dynamic relationship with and we want them to subscribe and okay. we want them to tell people about it and pay it forward so yeah it's it's definitely a priority
0: for sure for sure awesome thank you so much for the time danielle again um especially on a sunday evening so i no <laughs> really, really appreciate all the feedback no
1: problem no problem it was very nice meeting both of you
0: yeah thank you so much really yeah. appreciate
1: it okay talk to you later
0: yeah take bye. care thanks danielle
1: bye.